You're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Hey, hey, what's going on? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just living life, listening to a bunch of music. But I heard you went to another concert last night, man. I'm telling you, you have definitely got the life. I am so jealous. Dude, I live the life of a rock star, and by living the life of a rock star, I cleaned out my cat's litter box this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Hey, rock stars got to take out the garbage too. That's how it goes. I, I didn't have the butler do it. By, by God, I did it myself. But, wow, wow. So you saw Sticks, right? Sticks, REO Speedwagon, and Don Felder. Wow, I I really like Sticks. Tommy Shaw to me is a very very underrated singer. I always liked him better than Dennis DeYoung anyway. And uh, man, Sticks has some great tunes. The 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 new I'll call him the new old guy because uh, um, the guy that got in there that took DeYoung's place he's been in there for like what ten years now or fifteen years at this point. But so that guy had quite a successful solo career in Canada starting at the age of 19. He was a, a classically trained pianist, kind of a, a prodigy at, at 19. Yeah, he had a, uh, I guess he had a pretty solid following. Um, and he was like a hit guy, right? Lawrence Gowen, right? Is yeah, that how that's said? his name. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So he had some solo albums and stuff like that. I think I have. A solo album by him it was like you know it was aor kind of more reo than it was probably sticks but uh seemed catchy it seemed like catchy stuff i mean he's good he's he sounds he sounds a lot like dennis de young i mean he i mean he nails everything live he you know he's real active he spins his keyboard around and he he puts on a good show i mean there's a couple times that he was prancing around the stage that looked a little bit um kind of feminine but you know whatever <laughs> <laughs> it's rock and roll man it's rock and roll it's all about the show that's right but yeah sticks is good man they sounded great i mean they played they got some really great good songs man i mean i've always i've been a sticks fan for a long time i don't really love the ballady stuff but that you you know we've already covered that i'm not the ballad guy that's your <laughs> that's your department but uh, they got plenty of rock and roll for me to be happy with. So, uh, you know, I, I like Tommy Shaw a lot. And truthfully, I do like some of the, like, Crystal Ball and, and uh, um, Fooling Yourself. I mean, that's those are two great tunes, man. Uh, and those are on the lighter side of sticks, in my opinion. Yeah, I, uh, I had heard a recent interview. I can't remember what podcast or radio show it was on. But Tommy Shaw uh, was on, and he's talking about, about you know bands using backing tracks and somebody asked him do you guys use backing tracks and he goes no i make fun of it you know everything great you hear is us and you hear something funky nah, that's still us so uh sounds like they're not really into um really kind of i guess quote unquote cheat 
uh, they're doing it the real way. So yeah, they must sound great. They must sound great, right? Yeah, they do. And all, all three bands, I mean, listen, um, they, they've all been doing it for a long time, right? Sticks, RSB Wagon's been around forever. They sounded great as well i mean you know uh like them like them or don't uh, i mean i like Ario. they got a uh several songs that uh that i enjoy i mean i have to say uh high infidelity was uh one of the earlier albums that i bought uh growing up that was um, a really really good record um so I like R.E.S.B. Wagon. Then Don Felder, of course, um, having having been um, in the Eagles for so long, you know, he played the majority of stuff he played was all Eagles stuff. You know, I mean, he, as far as I'm concerned, he only had one one real hit, which was heavy metal, um, and everything else, you know, was pretty much Eagles stuff. And uh, uh, he he wrote, I guess, or was a co-writer on Hotel California. So. Yeah, I don't know a lot about Don Felder, right? Because I'm a very, very casual Eagles fan. But I don't think Felder wasn't one of the lead singers, right? Well, you know, in that band, they all sing, right? But no, oh, he, okay. he did. He wasn't. He wasn't one of the primary singers. Um, uh, you know, if you ever get a chance to to um, uh, go see the history of the Eagles uh, documentary that's on YouTube, well, it's on Netflix, I think. Um, but go, go watch that documentary. It's long. It's like three hours long, but man, it is a really, really good documentary. Uh, I love music documentaries. Like, um, uh, if I have any interest in the band whatsoever, um, I just, I love watching music docu documentaries. Uh, and, uh, as it goes, that's, that's one of the better ones in my opinion. Yeah, the two most recent that I've seen that I really liked documentary-wise, Guns N' Roses. Um, they have like an hour and a half. Uh, it was pretty good. And then uh, which one I saw is that? Which I can't remember what it's called. Um, it's about Sunset Strip days, and it's about them starting out. And I think it's the most dangerous band in the world. I think is what it's where, called. Where did you see that at? It was online. Uh, on YouTube. I just, yeah, actually, it was on the it was Ox actually on the video. Whoever cut the video, their website, and I just played it right off of there. See if you can send me that. I'd like to see yeah, that. Yeah, I will. Okay, I will. I will. Right. And then the other one was Quiet Riots Doc, which was yeah. really good. Yeah, what's the name of that one again? Do you know? I can't remember. Um, it's a lyric. It's a lyric off uh, one of the songs. Now you got here, and there's no turning back, or something like that. Yeah. I uh, I remember. I mean, I've seen that documentaries on Showtime, but yeah, but they're both great and a lot of good. And uh, I actually, I'm waiting for the Y and T one because I did the whole uh, fund me. They had a fund me thing going for the Y and T doc. Yep. And uh, I can't wait for that to come out. That should be awesome. Yeah, I'll be excited once I uh, see the light of day as well. Yeah. So, so everybody sounded good. They deserve to be together. They deserve the money everybody paid. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, Sticks played Sticks played a good hour and twenty minutes or so, hour and twenty five minutes. Ario played about an hour, and Don Felder did. Um, he did a good um, forty five or fifty minutes, so um, pretty good for the for the third opening act. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. Um, and one thing I'll tell you what um, uh, I'll I'll give a shout out to. Um, um, our friend Mitch LaFont, 
um, one-on-one with Mitch LaFon. I, I heard a um, interview he did with uh, Don Felder recently, and uh, I learned something that I did not have any clue uh, about Don Felder, which is Don Felder said that he was in Gainesville, Florida, um, and uh, I don't know whether he was living there. I guess he was. He was working out of a music store or something to that effect, but he gave um, – guitar lessons to a very young tom petty oh wow which i had no clue about that's that's interesting yeah i didn't know that i i saw a felder interview but it was on hagar's uh access tv show uh-huh. so it was only like like five or ten minutes seemed like a nice guy but i haven't uh heard mitch's one yet yeah so that that was that was a pretty interesting uh um uh tidbit of information that i did not know uh, about Dom Felder. So, but yeah, uh, good show. You know, it's good, to, to get to see rock and roll shows like that and get paid for it. So, uh, I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> That's awesome. It's all good. And, uh, last week, so last week we had, uh, um, we had your, your friends on, um, restrained, uh, the rock band from the Sacramento area there, um, and it was a good interview with uh, with Tony, the guitar player, and uh, uh, one of the lead singers. Uh, we had a good time, so um, uh, I encourage folks to go back uh, to the last episode and and check that out. It's um, they're a good band, man, uh, especially for being an unsigned band, right? Uh, they put out a, a couple of uh, albums, and uh, you know if you like it. Nice and heavy, but still with a little bit of melody. Uh, it's it's good stuff. Yeah, I, I love those guys, and I've seen them live probably fifteen times. Um, How are they live? They play, are they good? Live? All the tons of energy, yeah. tons of energy, and they they realize that they're going to have to. Uh, probably gain fans' word of mouth from a live setting, and they write their songs based on how will this go over live. So it's very, very important to them. Well, and hopefully we uh, we can further that fan base a little bit. People get wind of them through shows like the Decibel Geeks, our friend over there at uh, Decibel Geeks, uh, Chris and Aaron, you were on their show, and they played a, a restrained song on, on your episode of uh, um, Radio Sucks, right? Yeah, yeah, and I sent it to a couple other people. They really liked it too, so you might hear them on other episodes later on in life. Yeah, so that's that's cool for sure. Awesome. So let's uh, let's get into our topic of conversation for uh, for today's episode, Sonny. I'll tell you what uh, we, the society, uh, I think we all have a serious situation here, and and it is that we all have musical ADD. I don't disagree. I, I, I do too. I, I've gotten to a point, even with some of the songs yeah. that I l- really, really like, there's times I'll skip the last 35 seconds, which I probably shouldn't do, but I've, yeah. I've started to do it. So we're going to talk about that um, uh, in this episode. You know, we're going we're gonna to explore, does anybody listen to full-length albums anymore? Do people still buy product or are they streaming everything? Um, you know, we're going we're gonna to get into that discussion. We're going to f- also talk about um, the effects it's having on the music and concert industry uh, today. Um, and uh, I've got some statistics that I pulled 
today that um, will shed a little bit of light on um, uh, which direction it's going in, and uh, uh, it'd be a fun conversation. Uh, so we'll get into all that stuff uh, in a little bit, but first, um, uh, our f- lovely friend Samantha, what do you got for us? It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. So we're going to talk about Great White. So Great White just released their 13th studio album. Um, I don't know. How how do you feel about Great White? You like Great White? Well, I like the original Great White. Uh, and, and when I say the original Great White, I mean back to the first record. Um, I liked the first Great White. I saw Great White open up for Judas Priest on the Defenders of the Faith Tour. Um, and met all of them at the hotel right next door to the, uh, to the Coliseum there. And, uh, they were super nice. And, um, that, that was my great white. Doesn't mean that I don't like other great white. I've listened to, um, uh, some of their hits and some of their stuff that they put out since then over the years. And, and I do like some of it. Um, and, uh, I've heard some of this new record and, and I actually like some of this new record and, I think that's what you're going to talk to us about today, right? Yeah, so, you know, the major change is this is not Jack Russell's Great White. This is the Great White. So that means Jack Russell isn't singing. And uh, Terry Alou, I I love him. I love him as a vocalist. Loved him when he was in his band XYZ. That's when I first heard him. He's got a more bluesier voice than Jack does. Jack's probably a little more straight rock and roll. But this new album, uh, if if folks haven't had a chance to listen to it, you want to go give it a shot. This is classic Great White. So you could put this album right after Once Bitten and it would fit right in because they have kind of gone back to their roots. And uh, the song we're going to spin, cool, catchy chorus, uh, very radio friendly. um, And it's got that signature Mark Kendall solo that is so Great White. Uh, The song is called Moving On from the new album full circle and and you know what i know that that um we talk about spinning these records all the time but truthfully between you and me and the public yeah we're just pushing the play button just so you guys know we don't actually spin this uh vinyl here because neither sonny nor i actually have vinyl but for some crazy reason (laughs) he and i both like to say spin i don't know we're like professional dj wannabes or something i don't know i don't know what's going on here but we're gonna we're gonna spin and by spin i mean push this button now and and what's that song again moving on off a full circle by great white here we go
Yep, I dig that tune. That is, that is uh, um, uh, a straight ahead song, and uh, I'm I'm into that song for sure. Uh, that will oh, be yeah. right up my alley as well. Yeah, and you want to check out Great White Live. I've seen them a ton over the last uh, three, four years, and they got tons of energy, and um, they're just great live. I mean, they deliver their material really, really well. Awesome. All right, there you have it. Our uh, our crank it up new music spotlight great white rock and roll all right well so sonny let's let's talk about our our ongoing problem with uh musical add my friend uh because not just you and i that have this issue um i think uh that pretty much society has this issue at this point uh myself uh equally as guilty but um so so let me ask do you do you buy physical products still Oh yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I not only buy physical product, I try to do best by the artist. So if the artist is selling it on the website, I buy it off their website. If the artist that I personally maybe am a diehard fan of does a GoFundMe thing, I do the GoFundMe thing. Um, and if it's only available through iTunes, let's say, which is my, uh, most favorite downloading, uh, uh, option, then I'll go download it from there. But I will buy physical product um, if I am a diehard fan of it. Yes. Okay. So, so you and I uh, talked about this a little bit before, which is you you primarily buy CDs, correct? Yeah, I'm getting it back into vinyl just a little bit because it's cool. So, like, uh, if anything, Kiss new comes out, I buy it on vinyl because I'm a Kiss freak. Uh, but uh, yeah, m- mainly as CDs. Right. Right. And for me, I mean. Um, I owned probably eh, close to a thousand CDs at one point in time. Um, and I had all kinds of product. I had, um, vinyl, I had cassettes because cassettes is what I bought primarily in, um, in high school, um, primarily cassettes more so than vinyl. Um, so I have, um, probably a couple of cassette cases full of cassettes still, uh, because I got, you know, I got something signed, like I got a signed, um, Aerosmith cassette of the first Aerosmith record that I got signed by Steve Tyler. And, um, uh, I think, uh, Brad, Brad Hamilton. Um, I think that's who signed it. I can't remember. Um, but I've got a few signed cassettes and so I held on to those. Um, but that's, that's pretty much it. Um, I ripped a lot of my CDs to, um, MP3s and now pretty much I'm completely digital at this point. Yeah, I did a similar thing. So I have, uh, probably about 1500, 2000 CDs ripped them all into iTunes. So I have them in my library but I still have all the CDs that are sitting under my bed alphabetized because I'm a nerd like that. Um, and every once in a while, like if I'm uh, really listening to something or I get into something, I still go look at uh, the inserts from the CDs to say, hey, who wrote that song or who produced that album? And so I'm still into that kind of geeky stuff. Right, right, right. Uh, so so that's, you know, what's what's the last... What's the last album you bought? Uh, I bought two, and they came on the same day about a week ago. Okay. The first one's uh, Kiss World, 
the Best of Kiss is a new compilation that came out. Because, with, uh, be, because you didn't have all those uh, songs on any other albums, right? Well, well you got to have all the Kiss stuff if you're a Kiss nerd. That's how it goes. Um, so I bought that one, and then I bought the new Warrant, uh, Louder, Harder, Faster. That's a good record. Uh, yeah, it's a really good record. Yeah, I haven't I haven't had the opportunity quite to to spend enough time with that record, but um, everything I've heard off of it, and I mean I've I've gone through it a couple times at this point, but um, I do enjoy it. So yeah, so let me let me ask you this: What's the last full album that you listened to from start to finish? See, that's a mood thing for me. So uh, about probably about three, four days ago, I listened to Di- Dynasty all the way through. Um, yesterday, the Winery Dogs first album, I listened to that. But I, I use it like as background music. So sometimes I'll – we'll talk about playlists later. Sometimes I'll listen to a playlist. But sometimes I'll just start the album from front to back because I figured that artist that I'm really into probably did a lot of work or trying to make the album flow. So just hit and shuffle – I don't know. It doesn't seem right, so no. I'll use it as background music. And but I'm only re- spinning albums or listening to albums or pushing play on albums that I like all the songs. And that is maybe 50 albums total in my entire catalog. Yeah. So I mean, I re- I religiously um, uh, back in the day I used to love to listen to uh, a record from start to finish I was never a singles individual I like to hear the record as it's presented from the artist from start to finish meaning song one on down I don't like it shuffled I don't like it you know um, uh, skipping songs I want to hear just how it's supposed to be presented uh, because there, to your point, there's you know it's an art uh, that goes into um, how they're placing songs on the album and how they want it to be heard and tempos and and things such as that. I mean, there there is thought that goes into that, or there should be anyway. Um, so I like that to happen. But I'll be honest with you, I cannot tell you what the last full album I listened to from start to finish was. Um, and it doesn't mean that it's been years because anytime that I get a new album, I try to listen to it from start to finish, what, uh, regardless of who it is. And especially if I'm, if I'm reviewing um, for uh, you know the Decibel Geek website or putting a blog out on, on uh, grownuprock.com or whatever, um, I try to listen to a record in its entirety. Uh, so I know I listened to the River Dogs um, from start to finish, uh, the River Dogs new one, Cal- California, uh, because I did a review on that. Um, but typically, I find it really, really difficult nowadays uh, to listen to a record from start to finish. Uh, and I'm not a hundred percent sure why that is. I think part of it is just time, right? And there's so much access to so much stuff that, uh, I remember, and we, I think we talked about this before, but you know, listening to love at first sting in the 10th grade over and over and over and over. Cause it was one of two tapes I owned. Right. And now there's probably 
I've only watched 5% of all the YouTube videos I would want to watch in my life. There's so much out there that I could spend years just in a room watching YouTube videos. I mean, I'm I'm overloaded with music, and I know that sounds crazy, but there's, you know, there, it, there's so much music out there. I can't even imagine what is being, what's being missed, you know? Yeah, and I was thinking about that a little bit too, right? So, in the old days, I would be uh, I would be thinking like, okay, these record companies are force feeding me X Y you know whatever this artist is right now, and it's all over MTV and it's all over the radio and you know every time you have Kiss come this this artist that they want to push out there is opening for Kiss and like I had gotten sick of like stabbing Westward I'm I still don't like stabbing Westward and for some reason every time a band came around stabbing Westward was opening. But now I'm looking back going, there's so much new music. I can't sift through it all. I guess the record companies were kind of doing me a favor. <laughs> I, You know, I've heard that before. I've heard somebody say, well, record companies were sifting out the crap. Um, but first of all, let me be the first to say, I don't like anybody deciding what's crap for me. Okay. I think that I deserve to decide what's crap because you've heard me say it a thousand times and I'll say it again. One man's crap is another man's kiss and vice versa. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, totally. You know, we, we like what we like. Uh, and we through music, I think we deserve to, to like or hate whatever we want for whatever reason it is. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about music. But let me just, let me throw this stat your way. I mean, listen to, to some of these stats I pulled. Now, now keep this, keep this in perspective. These stats are um, 1994 versus 2014, okay? So it, it gives you an idea of the direction. I don't have to state the obvious. We all know that less albums are being purchased today than they were back in 1994, and the significance of 1994 is is that it you know it kind of is when um, file sharing and all that other stuff streaming you know all that stuff is is just now sort of getting started in 94. But here's here's some interesting stats um, to kind of throw your way. So in 1994, and the first stats I'm going to give you are going to be kind of similar, but when I get down the list, it's going to kind of like, you'll be like, wow. So in 1994, Ace of Base released The Signs, and they sold 3,800,000 copies of it. In 2014, the Frozen soundtrack was released. It sold 3 million copies. Kind of close. Right. Not quite, yeah, not yeah. quite, uh, you know, you're almost a million copies off there, but, but I mean, frozen was pretty damn big. Right. Right. So then you had counting crows, August and everything after in 94 sold 2,900,000 copies. So almost 3 million copies of that Beyonce pretty big name, right? On the surface, you'd be like Beyonce come on now you telling me she didn't sell as many records as counting crows Beyonce <laughs> in 2014 sold 761,000 of her 
self-titled record. Lion King. 2,800,000 copies in 1994. Lord, pure heroin, huge record, 741,000. So, wow. So exactly, right? So these stats, I mean, these stats just, you know, further and further um, cement uh, the direction uh, that it's going in. Snoop Dogg. 1,800,000 copies of Doggy Style. Pharrell, Girl, which had Happy on it, okay, the song that you heard in your sleep, 516,000 copies. So barely gold at that point. And then just to kind of compare, so we all we all know that less albums are being uh, being bought. Artists are making less less money, which which does what means that that the artists have to tour more, right? Right. So they got to get out there. Even the classic artist, even the artist that can barely get up on their walker, are out there touring these days, right? Of course, yep. they're the only original member. Everybody else around them are sixteen year old kids that probably just learned the song off of a, a slow uh, um, slowed slowed down the uh, the data tape, right? <laughs> but but concert uh, sales, so just for 2017, Q, Q1 2017, which is his first three months of the year, concert sales and revenues are up 17% uh, to $1.4 billion. So the point of all this is, right, we're, we're streaming more, we're buying less, we're pushing the artist out into the open field where the only way that they can make a dime is to uh, get out on the road uh, and tour. And, and then what kind of product are they presenting? Are they presenting a good show? Or are they not presenting a good show? That, but then in addition to that, and, and tell me how, how you feel about this. Every artist... Uh, that's out on the road right now, and it really doesn't matter whether they're playing clubs or playing arenas. Every artist now at this point in time have these VIP packages where you can meet them and take a picture with them uh, for a nominal fee um, or a very ridiculous fee depending on who you are. I honestly like it because there's access to the artist. Um, I think if they handle it right, I like it. So there was, you know, talk about when Motley Crue was doing it, Tommy Lee wasn't coming out, but you were paying for all four members. I think that's messed up. But my kids and I met Hailstorm. They shook our hand. They took a picture. Uh, they took a professional picture. They took a picture with my phone. Uh, they talked to my son and my two daughters. Hey, what's your favorite Hailstorm song? Um, I had written uh, Lizzie a note because I love some of the lyrics that she writes, and it's just uh, they, you know, they're their type of lyrics that kind of explain some of my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, she read the note, and then she actually said something on stage thanking me for the note. Like that's access you can't get in Son 1987. Sonny, what the hell? You get shout outs from everybody. It doesn't even matter. What is your deal? I, uh, you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think I was that big of a schmoozer, but I guess my job has maybe made me that way a little bit. Goodness gracious. Well, I don't necessarily like it, and here's why. 
I'll give you my perspective. I unfortunately have a sentimental, emotional connection to tracking down musicians at the hotels, getting their signatures, waiting outside backstage doors when I was 15 years old to get autographs, to get a picture with my shitty uh, Polaroid camera or whatever the hell it was that you had to go get the film <laughs> developed in. and Kodak 110, baby. Yeah, Just whatever 110, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, and I still have some of those pictures today, man. I mean, I got a picture. I have a picture standing outside a Def Leppard's tour bus with Steve Clark uh, standing there signing the back of my ticket stub. I have that ticket stub today. I have that picture today. So, I mean, you know, that's to me, there's just something a little bit. I don't know if cooler is the right word. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. It's it, Maybe it's just in a, a crazy sentimental value or, or whatever. I don't know how to, how to phrase it any differently. I mean, I just think, and I've done, like I've done this, um, uh, I've never paid for a VIP package, uh, and I don't know that I ever would, but um, uh, for my bachelor party, uh, my sister uh, happened to have these these passes to a casino and REO Speedwagon was playing at the casino. And I said, you know what? It's my bachelor party. Why not? Um, uh, it's rock and roll. I'll, I'll go. I'll have a couple glasses of wine. It'll be fun. Uh, and we did that. And as part of the deal, uh, they gave her um, uh, these VIP passes, right? Because uh, they spend a good bit of money at the casino and it's, and it's a comp thing, right? So I did this, uh, VIP package thing with REO Speedwagon. So, so they come out after, after the show's over, they come out, the tour manager tells you they don't want to shake your hand because they don't want to get sick. Uh, and, and I, I get it, right? You're a singer and you want to stay as healthy as possible. So I sort of get it. Uh, so no shaking hands, they'll fist bump you. Uh, come in, they wheel you in, uh, you get a picture with the full band and that's basically it. Nothing signed, no, uh, selfies, no nothing. You come in two seconds, picture out, done. And, and so I'm just, you know, and it's not the first time I've seen that. Obviously I've seen it working at the, uh, um, the venues I've, I've seen some of the other VIP packages and what, what they include and they're, they're sort of similar to that. Yeah. That's, that's a little rough. Like hailstorm. It was 75 bucks a piece. She gave us lyric sheets, signed drumsticks, signed lanyards. Um, they really did it, but you know, hailstorm's an up and comer, right? Ario speaker has been around since the 60s. So, right. I don't know. I guess it, I thought it was, I guess it was more cool that I got to do that for my kids. I think you, I never really did what you did kind of, you know, the enjoyed the hunt and then the, the piece that, you know, you get rewarded for being out there and being a true fan, et cetera. I never really did that. So I guess I never really missed it. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, here's, here's an important point point out, especially to listeners and stuff. So there's, there's a big difference in, I can a hundred percent seeing wanting to share that type of a uh, um, situation with um, your children. Like if if I had kids, like I would 
they would for sure, we would be going to concerts and I would be sharing that. I don't have kids. So that's, that's something that I, that I miss, right? I miss that, that kind of passing down the music to the next generation. Now I make sure that all my younger nieces and nephews are aware of who Van Halen and Kiss and ACDC are <laughs> to the point to where I'm buying ACDC uh one piece pajamas for, uh, for the newest born, uh, uh, member of the family. So, uh, definitely doing things like that, but I don't have my own kids to share, uh, share that kind of a connection, but I can for sure see that from your side, Sonny. Oh yeah. And that's, you know, I call that brainwashing cause I remember Anthony's probably six months old and I'm playing cashmere underneath the crib. So he can fall asleep to cashmere, you know, stuff like that. Brainwashing started early, so. Right. And that's cool. I mean, that is for sure cool because that's one of the things that that um, I sort of think about all the time is is where are the musical generations going with with all the changes in music? Um, you know, how how are the next generations you know, are they going to know who the Beatles and Zeppelins and, and, um, you know, all these classic bands, are they going to know who these bands are much less? Are they going to know who the Van Halens and the ACDCs and the Kisses are? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, totally. I'm worried about the same thing. And that's why, uh, you know, my, my, my girls are into the new pop. But my son is an 80s guy, loves Maiden. He loves the new stuff like from Camelot and some of these other new bands, Ghost. But he really likes Maiden and Ozzy and Kiss. So uh, I was worried about the same thing because there's just not a lot of good music out there. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely a bit worrisome to me a little bit. So so do you do you uh, are you a streamer or a downloader? I am a downloader. So I stream. So I kind of go here. I buy if I am a diehard fan. So let's say if anything, Kiss, Y&T, Prince, Striper, anything by Soto or Kotzen or that, I'm buying. If, I, uh, if I'm more of a casual fan like ACDC or Guns N' Roses or Scorpions or something, then I will sometimes buy popular physical stuff. So like I, you know, I'll buy if Appetite was remastered. I'd probably buy that. But if there was a new GNR album, most likely I download off iTunes. If I'm more of a flighty fan, like pop or R&B, or I hear a song I like, or that kind of thing, then I'll download it from iTunes. If I want to give it a try, I listen to it on YouTube. If I can't find it anywhere, that's when I go to Spotify. Uh-huh. So that is the last thing I do. Okay, so so streaming is the the absolute last thing you do. Okay, and it just it's just me because. I have some friends that are trying to get bands off the ground and it, you know, and, and I was in there, you know, I was in there around the eighties and nineties when bands would, you know, put out art and make their money off of that art. And now it doesn't seem like they can do it that way. And for me, streaming seems wrong. So I just don't do it. Well, you know, it's interesting, um, because I, I see, um, I see a lot of these artists posting their statements from uh, Spotify or from um, wh- whoever is streaming their music where they're getting paid, you know, 
10 cents for 1 million streams or something like that. I've seen a lot of those things. But also, I've talked to some professional musicians, uh, and I won't drop names. I'll just keep those to myself. But um, I have several friends in the industry and several musician friends, and um, I've talked to some of them, and and a lot of them are like, you know, because I'll ask the same question because I'm just I'm curious uh, with the way the the industry is, um, uh, in, you know is starting to evolve. Um, I'm, I'm curious because it's ever changing. I said, well, you know, tell me, are you, are you a downloader or are you a streamer? Are you still buying physical product? And a lot of them will tell me that they'll buy the cool casual vinyl that comes out every so often, but more times than not, they're either downloading or streaming and more and more of them are streaming um, off of Spotify nowadays. And, and it's, it comes down to one word and one word only, which is convenience. Right. Right. You know, yes. See for me, the downloading is convenience enough, right? I always picture myself carrying a whole book of CDs with my, you know, Walkman and Mm -hmm. what a pain that was. And now I got this iPhone, that, uh, you know, it's only holding part of my library because my iTunes library is so big it won't fit on my iPhone. Exactly my problem as well. Yeah, so I'll, and I've got it backed up to a couple of hard drives just in case I ever lose it because I don't put really anything in the cloud. But uh, Me too. So what I'll do is once a week I'll hook up to the iPhone and go, okay, I want to listen to this kind of stuff over the week, drop that to the iPhone, erase the other stuff off of it, and then that's my music listening for the week. You know, but I hate it because... Um, I'm so moody on my music, um, meaning, you know, I want to hear what I want to hear whenever it hits me. Um, and that could be at any given point in time, you know, I might hear a tune on the radio and go, you know, I'd love to listen to that record or, uh, or see a, you know, a TV show that has it in the background or something, you know, whatever the situation is. So I like to listen to, uh, what I like to listen to when I want to listen to it. But for artists that are traveling, touring guys, you know, the convenience, it's all about the convenience because, you know, most of them, it's not like they're carrying their product around with them, right? They want to, they want to be able to stream and listen to stuff when they're on the tour bus or, or, you know, at sound checks or killing time in a hotel room. Uh, so they, they stream a lot, but, um, I'm in a situation where my music library, just like yours is so freaking big, um, that it has to live on a hard drive somewhere. Um, and everything I listen to, I pretty much listen to on my phone. So what it's done is made me a master playlist creator. Uh, so I have to uh, go in my iTunes, um, make these playlists, um, or check off the out the artists that I want to put on my phone um, in advance, um, so that it's there when I want to listen to it. You know? Yeah, and I and I do the same thing. So I got a playlist for 
or especially when I used to drive around a lot because I work in retail. So if I had to go to a store that was a little rougher, I'd be listening to Megadeth Disturbed, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff on the way there. Right. And then go to the next store and they're a better looking store. I got to make sure I don't have all the aggression. So I'd be listening to all these ballads trying to calm down. So I've got all these playlists, too. I do the same thing. Well, the good news is that the next series of iPhones, I think, are going to be much bigger than than the ones they currently have. I think the smallest one you can get is 32 gigs, and then they're going to have, you know, 128 gig or uh, 236 or something like that. I don't, I don't know, but I think they're going to have much larger drives so you can put more music on it. But um, I, I create playlists. Uh, I make sure that I have a playlist for every mood that I'll ever be in on my phone. So whether it's a heavy mood or a light mood, I, I have to put. Um, easy listening for my early morning drives whenever i'm up and driving early i can't listen to uh, metallica at 5 a.m on the way to the gym <laughs> I, I have to wake up a little bit more calmer understood understood but when i when i put my playlist together i always like uh um putting a, a bunch of good old classic rock and roll i like to go into some of the uh, deep albums and pick off deep cuts and uh, one of the bands I for sure love to do that with is uh, is Kiss. I always like to go deep into the catalog and pick something that they're not playing on their set list uh, the same for the last 20 years. <laughs> so you'll never hear rock and roll all night on my on my phone for my click my Kiss playlist. It's all burn, bitch, burn, and on the eighth day, and paralyzed, and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. So, sticking with the theme, uh, historic moment, um, I tried to find, I wanted to go into deep into my catalog and find a Kiss song that you could not find on Spotify. And I will tell you, that was a daunting task. Um, I have some bootlegs and stuff that we could have probably played, but problem is those aren't deep cuts. Uh, they're all the normal things that you would hear them do live. But then I came across this gem from 1998, and there was a promo not for resale. It was a VHS that came with the Psycho Circus CD, and a video bonus uh, enhanced CD that came with the VHS. And it had a single on it, a CD single. Uh, Psycho Circus was a single, but on the B side, it was a song called In Your Face, written by Gene Simmons, produced by Bruce Fairbairn, um, Bairn, and lead vocal by Ace. So the song is called In Your Face, and you can't find this streaming but you can hear it here, so we will spin it next. Plus, I always like to say in your face, just because it's fun to say. So, guess what, Grown Up Rock? In your face. Shit, my skin. 
Yep, yep, yep. Not on Spotify, but right here on Growing Up Rock, or at least a piece of it anyway. At least at this recording, who knows, by the time we get there, maybe Gene wants to make some money, but uh, that's right. You know, that that's vintage Ace right there. That's cool, man. I, I like that song. One of the few songs I like on that record, but <laughs> <laughs> so, so Spotify had every other Kiss record, did it? Oh, man. I, I'm like, oh, they won't have like Time Traveler. Right, because that's one. Of, that's a demo off off the box set. They uh-huh. won't have that. Type in Time Traveler, bam, came right up. Really? Like, oh, come on, yeah. So, so is so because I'm really unfamiliar. I don't stream. So so is Spotify. Is Spotify actually better than like Apple Music or Beats or whatever it is that they have? Yeah, it's it's you know it's Coke and Pepsi. You know, it's one of those is things it? that. Yeah, I'm not sure if. Uh, if some of those other uh, some of those other things have such deep cuts, Spotify seems to have more rock, and uh, it's really easy to find. Uh, almost they make it too easy. I feel so bad for the artists. It's like everybody's listening to this music, and it's like, how much money are they making off of this? Like nothing. Yeah. Ever since I heard, I think it was Desmond Child, like you said, it, like I get a million plays off "Living on a Prayer," and I made my fifty-three cents or whatever it was. Yeah. But he didn't tell you about the multi-million dollars he made back in the 80s. Yeah, that's true. That. Yeah, but no, yeah, but, uh, but, you know, that, but like the Eddie Kramers and the Bull Hills of the world, or the Michael Wagner's of the world, that yeah. probably took a point or two off the album, and that was going to pay their, you know, that was yeah. their retirement is now worth. Them. Yeah, Nothing. yeah. I mean, it's there's definitely a disconnect. I mean, for sure. So. I, I, knows what's going to happen i mean i i think it's ever changing we we don't know where it's going to go i mean it's uh you know it it brings up a lot of a lot of unanswered uh questions and it's not just about streaming and the artist getting paid and um you know record sales concert sales vip packages it's i mean there's so much and and i don't look at it I look at it less from from like the artist being paid. Not that I think it's any less important. It's just I'm more concerned with the next generation of people um, because I don't want this. I don't want to see classic music fade out. I think it's important that um, that classic artists inspire. Uh, the next generation of musicians. I mean, um, you know, you take a band um, like Greta Van Fleet, right? This new young band. You take a band like that 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 has drawn comparisons to Zeppelin, and and um, I'm not so much consumed with who they sound like, uh, so much as how did they come around. How did a young band like that come around to sound like such a classic band from the 70s? Because those guys are so young, right? 
Um, and I'm, I'm concerned with the, with the next generations of musicians because I want, I want people to keep creating and keep being inspired by the Beatles and the Zeppelins and, and the Creams and, and, you know, just all these cool killer rock bands from, uh, the late sixties, seventies and eighties, you know, the time when I grew up. Yeah, I'm with you. And, uh, you know, some of these, you know, that, there's been a question out there, you know, is there going to be any more classic albums? I, all the artist interviews you hear, they're, some are saying, you know, is it worth the time to make an album? Some are saying, you know, I got to put my own money in while I make it back. Some are saying, you know, even if I get 75 grand to go make an album, I can't spend the time on it that I should. You got the Michael Sweets of the world that are saying, hey, new music is important. I'm an artist. I need to create. But that doesn't also mean that he's collaborating enough to create some of these classic albums like, you know, the next Dark Side of the Moon or the next Number of the Beast. Um, and especially in rock, like pop is always top the charts. Pop's, pop, has, pop has topped the charts forever. And I was kind of looking at like the number one, the best selling albums of the last like I think 20 years. And, you know, when I looked at it, like in 95, Cracked Rearview uh, was the number one selling album by Hootie and the Blowfish. Is that a classic pop album? Probably. And we could probably all name one or two songs off that album. But in, in uh, 2013, it was the 2020 experience by Justin Timberlake. I think Suit and Tie was on that album. I can't name anything else off that album. Yeah. And, and I don't think, I don't personally think that you're going to go back uh, I, well, I don't think 20 years from now, somebody is going to say 2020 and, and regardless of whether you're a Justin Timberlake fan or not, I don't think somebody's going to go, uh, classic album 2020, and you're going to be able to go Justin Timberlake. That was a great record. Cause let me, let me put it to you this way. So if I say Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, you say what? Beatles. Exactly. Classic. Classic album. I, I'm not a Pink Floyd fan at all. I've never been a Pink Floyd fan. It's not a band I can get into. They're a little bit too mellow, a little bit too moody for me. I don't like Pink Floyd. That's that's my my deal. But if you tell me The Wall or Dark Side of the Moon, classic albums, Pink Floyd. Right. I'll, I don't even need to hear that it's Pink Floyd. I know those albums. If I say Destroyer, you say what? Kiss Baby. Kiss Baby, Exactly. I mean, it's just, it, there's so many, there's so many things. I mean, I mean, Abbey Road, rumors. If I say rumors. Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. There are classic records that all you have to hear is the title of the album. You tell me, yeah. you tell me an album title. The last one that I can remember, like from this, from the 2000s, and and I'm not 100% sure it was 2000. It might have been 98. I don't even remember. But, uh, I mean, never mind. I would consider a classic record. You oh, know. that's before. That's got to be early 90s. Is it early 90s? Yeah, so, I think so. So so tell me something in 2000. <laughs> well, I have them. So if I say The Massacre, uh, any idea? No. Okay, number one selling album 2005, it was 50 Cent. If I say As I Am, uh, any ideas? No. <laughs> number one selling album in 2008 by Alicia Keys. 
Okay. <laughs> if I, if I, I'm just being honest. Hey, go for right? it. I mean, that's what we're dealing with. But if I said Jagged Little Pill, okay. you know who that yeah, is. Yeah, Alanis Morissette. But that's 1996. Classic record. I right? So that's, that's the difference is I can't name a single song off of Fearless by Taylor Swift. It was a number one album in 2009. Okay, I don't listen to a lot of Taylor Swift, but... I can't imagine my kids could name any song off of Fearless. Well, so my wife, my wife didn't say, um, my wife bought up because we had this argument. My wife didn't say Fearless. She said um, Red. Um, and I, that, I think that's also a Taylor Swift record. Is that right? Red. Yeah, I think so, but it's it wasn't because oh, 1989 was 19- her number one seller in 2015. No, that's that's the one she bought up. Red Red is on yeah. that album, I guess. Yeah. I'm not a Taylor Swift, you know, not part of the fan club, but I respect but her. But yeah, there's even in pop, there's not another Thriller. Yeah. There's not another Purple Rain. Well, I guess unless you're going to count Frozen. Well, <laughs> yeah, some movie soundtracks I don't think count, but. But that's but that's my point. It's not. That's why I said it doesn't all have to be like hard rock or metal. I mean, it, it can be anything. I mean, if you hear, uh, if I say the Chronic, okay, rap album, do you it's know Dr. Dre, right? Dr. Dre. Yeah. If I say Doggy Style, oh, that's Snoop Baby, Snoop Dogg, right? So yeah. I mean, I can say that because those are classic records. You know, those are classic records, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. So it doesn't have to be. It's not all about the rock and roll. It's just period, classic records, single name. You hear the name of that album, and you can tell me the artist. And I don't think that you can really do that for anything in the past, I don't know, maybe five years or so. Yeah. And maybe beyond that. You know, I mean, I I may be off, but I, I think it's getting less and less. Like, I mean, go back and look. Um, look at... Just Google Google classic classic albums, classic rock albums from this year to this year, you know, whatever, from 1970 to uh, 2000, and the list is ridiculous. I mean, it's extensive. And every one of them, for the most part, I won't say every one of them, but, but I bet 98% of them you've heard of, you know? Yeah, and what's also interesting is you hear some of these artists interviews like Nikki Six or Lars Lars or or some of these guys, and they'll say they're waiting for somebody to come up with something new. You know, they gotta fix it for the artist, you know. Uh the government's gotta get involved. Like nobody's getting involved in this. Like somebody I think a musician or a group or something like that is gonna or the producers have to get together and come up with something that's going to work. Well, and I don't, I don't know that anything is, is ever going to be fixed. I don't know if our musical ADD is ever going to be fixed. I think, I think as technology um, evolves, the internet came into play, file streaming came into play, file sharing came into play. Um, There's so much material out there. People can make records in their, in their, um, underwear sitting at home now and release them um you know i just don't think i I mean i don't know i don't think that that we're going to see um a time um 
that we're familiar with when we were growing up. I don't think that's ever going to happen again. I don't think you're going to have classic records again. You're not going to have multi-million selling records again. You're going to see YouTube stars that got you know, 4 billion hits on their YouTube page and they have a, a single that you like or, or a couple of singles that you like and uh, they're coming in concert and you can go to their concert and pay a hundred bucks to go backstage and rub their uh, bellies or something like that. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you might get something Except like... Except for REO Speedwagon, they don't like you touching them. <laughs> they, don't, they don't like, don't like any of you guys touching any of my shit. <laughs> that's great so yeah so i mean seriously you know i just don't think i don't think that that uh, there's nothing that the music industry or the government is going to do to fix that i don't think it's it's technology it's uh you know or, or it's it's either uh you know it's changing society changes this is how we are this is how our kids are everybody wants everything now and 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 they're not going to change that. I mean, hell, I'm as I've already said, I'm just about as guilty as anybody else. I mean, I miss the days of of waiting for the classic record to come out on. Uh, uh, when did they release them on Fridays or Tuesdays or something? Tuesdays, yeah, I think it was Tuesdays. Yeah, you'd run down and get the latest release from your favorite rock band or whatever, you know, those days are gone, man. Those, that's, that's why, that's why this damn show exists growing up rock. It's so we can reminisce and, and visit those, those stories and those memories from our past. I think anyway. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll tell you a story. So I, I used to work for a retailer. We used to sell music. I'm working in the electronic section. OU812 is coming out. It's supposed to come out, let's say on Tuesday. We've got it sitting in the back room since Sunday. I loved 5150. I'm like, okay, Sammy's got another record. It's sitting right there in our stock room. All I got to do is buy it, and I can listen to it before anybody else hears it. But I'm going to get fired when they find out that I bought this thing two days early because the record companies had a kibosh and all yep, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I remember that. Right? And I remember going, oh, but it's right there. All we got to do is just open one and listen to it. But I'm gonna get fired if I do it. Yep, I That's remember that. That's how excited I used to get. Yep, I used to work at a music distributor uh, uh, for a long time, and we used to get promo copies, and I would get advanced copies of stuff, and I was so excited about that. So, uh, yeah, I totally remember all that stuff going on, and and the kiboshes. We had, we had this big music convention um, at one point in time. And I remember the coolest thing was, uh, we got advanced copies of use your illusion one and two. That was what they gave us in our goodie bags. Wow. For this, for this convention. And, and, uh, we got those, I think they were being released. I think they were being released the following week or something like that. But Geffen, uh, bought us, um, uh, use your illusions one and two and, and put them in our goodie bags before the convention. That's really cool. But I got, I got to hand it to, um, websites like decibel geek, which rich Dylan, you know, works with both of us and he'll get promo copies and he goes, guys, do you want to review these promo copies? And we get to listen to new music. Like that's what excites me now, but it's only because Chris and Aaron are out there charging five years doing this, 
uh, keeping trying to keep music alive. So that's the kind of stuff that excites me now. Yeah, it's good. I mean, Chris and Aaron and, and several other podcasts out there, and I hope that we'll join the ranks and be be one of these that people like. But um, you know, it's it's all about uh, sharing. Um, not only the, the musical past, but, but what's current and what's new and what's coming out and try to help, uh, guide you. Uh, we still want you to discover stuff on, on your own and, and, uh, listen to stuff on your own. You know, you hear me say it all the time, get up, get out, uh, go support live rock and roll music, but, um, also support those artists, uh, go discover the next Van Halen or the next ACDC or the next whatever, you know, like what you like and, and share it forward. Um, and then let us make up our mind whether we like it or not. You know, like I said, uh, that's the fantastic thing about music. Uh, you know, I can't tell you how many, uh, uh, new, new bands I've picked up from uh, Decibel Geek and, and Chris and those guys. And, and, um, you know, I consider myself pretty much, uh, um, uh, music aficionado, meaning that I, I like to stay on top of things, but there's just so much right now that I just, I can't, I can't stay on top of it. Yeah. And I would encourage people that if you're going to a concert of one of your diehards, uh, Maiden or a Kiss or whoever, uh, don't skip the opening bands. Cause I will tell you, uh, Cobra and the Lotus, Edge of Paradise, Ghost, like there's, there's some really cool bands out there that are just kind of starting up that are trying to show you who they are by getting connected to an artist that you love. Uh, I would suggest you already spent the money, go at least check them out because they might surprise you. Uh, Restrained. Restrained. I forgot about those guys. (laughs) He's going to be mad at me that I forgot about those guys. (laughs) So, um, Hey, uh, the lovely Samantha would like to uh, say a few things. Samantha, tell these fine folks a few uh, informational tidbits. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. That's great information. What else you got for us? Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. Oh, thank you. Isn't she lovely, folks? Sonny, what do we got? than listening to one of us, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen to us gab on enough all, all day long. So um, what do we got coming up next week? We don't know yet, do we? No, I don't know. Oh, yeah, we're going to go hero to zero next week. Uh, that's right. We're going to talk about um, killer albums that came out by an artist and then were followed up by that same artist with a, a load of crap. That's what we're going to cover next week. So uh, look forward to that one. All right. Any other pieces of information you want to share with the folks? No, I would say um, hit us up with if you got a great idea on what you would do to kind of turn this whole music thing around. Like how could artists make money? You got some cool ideas. We would love to hear them on our Facebook page. And, uh, uh, you know, if, if we uh, come across something that actually sounds somewhat viable, we'll mention it on the show, but, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yep. 
for sure. And and I, I'll say this again. You've already heard it from Samantha, but make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you get the new episodes downloaded automatically for yourself. Or you can set it so that you download them yourself, but it, at least they'll pop up in your feed. Uh, and go to our website, uh, growinguprock.com, because uh, we'd love to hear your story. We know that you guys have stories and memories of your own. Maybe that time that you uh, had a brush with greatness and, and ran into um, a rock star that was super cool to you and maybe you ended up sitting down having coffee. Tell us about it. Um, or, or, you know, the first time you heard uh, that rock record that uh, you bought, you know, we, we'd love to hear your stories and um, we want you to be involved in this show because we don't want it just to be our stories and our memories or the memories and stories of our guest and, and uh, uh, the artists that we um, play. We want them, uh, you, the listener, to be involved because we know everybody's got a rock and roll story, so we want to hear you guys' stories as well. Uh, so you can leave those at the website at grownuprock.com or you can go to our Facebook page, Give us a like, um, post something, um, contact us there. Uh, let us know what's going on. Let us know what we do good, what we do bad. Uh, let us know if my voice is annoying and Sonny the Great is just amazing and then maybe Sonny is the only person you'll hear, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, what are you going to do about your voice? Somebody says your voice sucks. What are you going to do? Dude, I'm just... <laughs> I guess then you're the only one that's going to talk and I'll just uh, freaking use like a vocoder to ask questions or something. I don't know. (laughs) That's funny. Dude, I don't know. We can't all be as popular as Sonny Hollywood Poonie. Yeah. Every podcast wants Sonny. I'm going to have to come up with some damn contract clause in Sonny's contract that says, dude, you can't be on any other podcast but this one. No, I just, you know, uh, I'm the guy that picks up the phone when somebody calls. That's that's it. That's Dude, really nobody's calling stuck. me. What the hell? <laughs> well, we'll get some people to call you, are too. You, are, you, are you messaging people's your phone number or something and being no, like, call no. me, dude. I'm, I'm cool <laughs> hanging out. What's up? Facebook Messenger, baby. By the way, Sonny, what? Oh, so are you, are you messaging people or what? What's going on? Oh, no. Somebody will. Uh, contact me through Facebook Messenger and then we'll just kind of talk and if it's something that we want to do a podcast together then we'll exchange phone numbers and then talk. But they're always the aggressor. They're the ones reaching out to you. Uh, Yeah, but you know, it's just friendships you make. Whatever. I'm friends with everybody. I'm a lovely person. (laughs) (laughs) My wife tells me I'm a lovely person. She has to tell you that. That's in the contract. You told me too when we were off the air. So, so the point is that I don't have any friends and Sonny has all the friends, but you can like this podcast too. <laughs> and if all right, you, so it's, and oh, if, you, if you guys don't know, Sonny, Sonny's a regular over there at Podcast Rock City. If you want a, a, a much more deeper kiss fix than your historic moment that happens on this show every week, Sonny will give you a full on kiss fix with uh, Podcast Rock City. Yeah, those guys are awesome, man. They've been really good to me. So, all right. So, is it my turn to do the shuffle, rattle, and roll? Right. Um, 
Well, yeah, Samantha's gonna gonna get us there, but yeah, it is your your time. We didn't even talk about that, so yeah, pull out your phone and shuffle, rattle, and roll us. Play us out, boys. Let's shuffle, rattle, and roll. All right. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> what we got? Oh, that's a good one. You want me to say it? No, just tell me when we're off air. They'll hear All it. All right. Pop it in. All right. Until next week, this is Stephen Michael. This is Sonny Pooney. Everybody's got a rock and roll story to tell. Tell us yours. Peace. Peace. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 